Welcome to Carve Your Own Fucking Path podcast, a podcast about kick-ass women who found the clarity and courage to carve their own path. I'm Willow, your host, transformation coach, and NLP practitioner. Each episode, I'll share personal stories alongside candid interviews with women who have boldly stepped into the unknown. Expect to hear juicy topics, messy truths, and extraordinary journeys. My hope is to inspire your inner risk taker to stop overthinking and start taking action towards carving your own path. Now, onto the show. Welcome to the podcast. I have Elizabeth Killy hey. in studio in Lisbon. She's a very special guest. Well, we call her the goddess. What? <laughs> it's true. So you're an international fitness model, a dancer, a surfer, a pole dancer, yeah, and now a skateboarder. That's her new thing. I'm trying to get a hang of it. Yeah. <laughs> Jet setting around the world and a masseuse for the surf competitions. A little bit of a, a schizo, it sounds like. <laughs> oh, and in a horse, horseback rider. Yeah, yeah. So many, many hobbies and fitness and nutrition. You have a website and you have tips and, you know, on your social media channels, you're always inspiring people to eat healthy, be healthy mentally, take care of the planet. So as an inspiration, oh my God. of course I wanted to bring you in and ask you some questions because this, this podcast is all about women who are carving their own path. You have definitely been living untraditionally, I would say. Yes, and so true. we're the same age. You yeah. just turned 40. 40, freaking 40. <laughs> and if you saw her in person, you would definitely not think so. 40 is the new 30, though. I definitely believe that. From the outside looking in, it takes a lot of courage and guts to go out there and carve your own path. If you could give a little snapshot, a little bit of a bio. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess it was some a feeling that I always had when I was growing up that I, we, we did a little bit of traveling with the family and it just, I, I realized that the world is huge. There's so much to, to study and learn out there. And I was always a very restless person, you know, mm. very curious, very, and also very, um, in love with the movement so all my hobbies is very connected to physical mm -hmm. movement it's dancing surfing snowboarding skating the horses you know like um so all this connected and my curiosity i think and maybe a little bit of the lack of uh, consequence analysis as my father always uh, put it so nicely put me here i am mm -hmm. from norway and in norway you don't just like go sideways you follow the path there is a very specific mm -hmm. like uh, you should study get your relationship going get married have the two kids have the mm -hmm. the labrador the golden retriever and the house and then the the cabin in the mountain or by the ocean and then you just live your life like that and i just never ever felt um, that made sense to me at all mm. and also because i well i had a lot of dreams when i was a kid i wanted to be the dancer then i wanted to be the snowboarder then i wanted to you know there were so many things going on mm -hmm. and i think the curiosity just took took over and especially the curiosity towards the world that i knew i wanted to see more and learn more it made me accept a lot of crazy offers uh, for work and uh, eventually got me to portugal yeah where i've been trying to follow slowly my heart instead of everybody's advice you know mm. because my heart doesn't necessarily lead to that 
square type of life with the set income and um, mm -hmm. you know the set path so it's a bit risky but also i don't think i could do well without it like it has to be like this yeah. mm -hmm. and so as a little kid you had been exposed to different cultures yeah and different ways of living culturally did you feel the pressure Yes, to, to do those things. No, I mean the pressure to to live the the typical Norwegian path, which mm -hmm. is very organized, very structured. That pressure, yes, I did feel. Okay, my family would not recommend me doing any of the things I've done. Let's say mm. they rather see me doing you you know uh, the strict path, which is great. It's a uh, like I have two brothers, and for them, it suited them perfectly mm -hmm. to go straight to the. Uh, Uh, university to get the proper job to have you know the match and they're they're super as happy as I am I'm mm -hmm. sure you know um, but for me I did the studies and I was a very good girl you know trying to get everything sorted but when I was finished with that and I felt that I had the security in terms of education in case my mm -hmm. master plan wouldn't work out and my dad would be right And I would have to come back to Norway and start all over again. At least I would have the education. So I did take that advice. I didn't mm -hmm. go like it was not a impulsive thing. It was kind of a, let's say, a well-planned going left from the normal path. But I did it with that security of the education. And I'd worked a few years also. And I had some connections. So, yeah, it wasn't like complete uh, you know not case decision but I never regretted it no but it's always a struggle to um, explain it and stand by your decisions because mm -hmm. when times are tough and your plan maybe doesn't work then people are very quick to be like but I told you so like why didn't you do what I told you to do back in the days it's a constant like you have to defend yourself a, a lot maybe you feel mm -hmm. it too yeah you're here nodding yeah Talk yeah. quickly about how you got to Portugal because yeah. you've been here a long time. Yeah, I actually got But, here. Uh, oh my God. Well, I was before that I was working in Spain and then I had to go back to Norway because my mom got very sick and unfortunately she died a few years later. Mm -hmm. And then when, uh, when she passed away, I was very ready to get out of Norway as mm -hmm. particularly ready then, let's say. I wasn't running away from any feelings or anything that people probably would think, but Then I was like, now there's not really anything holding me back in Norway. I want to cut some, you know, uh, connections here and go move out to the world. But I didn't have a very specific plan, I have to say. So I did kind of spiral a little bit around. I went to Mexico first. I wanted to learn Spanish better than I was speaking. And there I got into surfing because I was actually very scared of the ocean. And thinking, okay, I need to sort that now also. <laughs> so I got into uh, diving and surfing. And it helped me get over the fear of the ocean. And then Mexico, I met Jose Maria Noriega, which I fell madly in love with. And it was a whole disaster story. But he was a surfer. So here's the master plan. And what got mm -hmm. me to Portugal was that, that I wanted to, oh my God, I got to find a way to like get back to Mexico and show Jose Maria Noriega that I'm now an awesome surfer and he's going to love me now and it's all going to be awesome. We're going to have the little babies. It is. Yeah. <laughs> and so on the way to going back to Mexico, I was like, shoot, how do I, how do I learn how to surf? Like I need to learn how to surf. If not, Jose is not going to be impressed. Oh my God, this sounds so stupid. No, no it's, I, love. I love, I yeah. you know, <laughs> The real motivations for so many things oh, in life. Oh, gosh, that's the tragedy. Romance. Yeah, the freaking crushes everywhere. But anyway, that oh. was it. And then I saw a little ad about a surf camp in Portugal. 
and I thought, okay, I'll just like set aside two weeks in Portugal. Mm -hmm. I'll learn how to surf and I'll go to Mexico and I can just surf into the sunset <laughs> with Jose. <laughs> it didn't exactly turn out that way. Jose was busy. He's a freaking instigator of a lot of things in my life, I have to say. And then, yeah, I kind of got stuck in Portugal because I realized surfing is hard. Mm -hmm. Two weeks was like, okay, what are you thinking? Um, 12 years later, I'm still mm. like on that beginner freaking stage. No, she's not, by the way. Uh, but she's kind not. of, kind mm. of, you know, the equipment is a little bit short, but that's about it. Um, I kind of postponed the whole Mexico thing and I got... I got stuck with uh, Portugal because, yeah, I got some work uh, opportunities there. And I mm -hmm. said, yeah, because this surf thing is going to take a while. So, yeah, that's how. And I actually literally haven't really changed home base since then. And the modeling. The modeling has always been also completely random. Like, it was actually an agent that caught me running with this huge bag on my back, trying to catch a train. This was in Norway. And this person stopped me. She said she was an agent. I didn't take it seriously. I, I forgot about it. One year later, now I'm 17, I think, the same person stopped me in a supermarket and so that started in norway then i got to go to barcelona with mm. the modeling yeah okay so but i was kind of struggling already because i uh, at that time you're so young you're like 16 17 18 yeah. 19 it's not a good place to be to be honest you have to be very not take anything personal to mm -hmm. feel good in that industry so to speak but i wasn't that stereotype uh, figure so it was a struggle to fit into the mold i took it a little bit personal when i was that young you know they're like you're too tall you're too you're too your shoulders are too wide your eyes are too blue whatever it was you mm. know so i wasn't completely loving the the work so then i was in Barcelona. I was single, and I was, and I, I, I wanted to quit with the agency, so I, I was a little bit lost there. To get back to the modeling thing, it's kind of then just has kept coming back randomly from time to time, and then I tried to move away from it again, like always, or I actually never tried to move into it. I just, I've never looked at it as my career path. Oh, really? All. Yeah, not oh, really. Yeah. Okay. I really got. I mean, I've always been an active person, and I, like a gym was my favorite subject in school, and you oh. know, snowboarding all that, but. It was just a natural uh, thing. But I think I started to really train and work out and eat right for the right reasons when actually after my mom passed, because mm -hmm. then I realized, oh my God, I don't want to be sick in my life. Mm -hmm. like, And I don't want my friends or my family to be sick. Like, oh, it changed the whole perspective of eating right and taking care of your body and sleeping and mm -hmm. trying to stress less and all those things. Whereas before, when I was in the, the whole modeling thing makes you work out and eat or not eat for all the wrong reasons to right. like mold your physical you which is like not even always your physical you because you're kind of fighting against what is at least I was I felt yeah mm -hmm. I was way too athletic for the industry mm. so that was a problem like they asked me to train less and I was like but but I like to work out you yeah. know and then that was a problem all of a sudden so yeah it was a lot of things that went against my my instincts. Luckily, in the terms that it changed my mind about health, when uh, I lost somebody near, is that you know that I I started to see. Wow, I want to live so many years. I want to be 125, but I want to be healthy and strong mm -hmm. and fit, and I want to surf more. I want to dance. 
I want to ride my horse. I want to walk in with my dog. I want to play with my nephews or if I ever have kids one day, you know, mm-hmm. all these things. Like, I don't want to go through illness. It's like, yeah. And how can we avoid this? Well, at least we can try by taking care mm-hmm. of that one body that we have, you know, and that one brain that we have. It shifted my my focus a lot less towards the physical reason for training, which I hope is reflected in my Instagrams. You won't really find very specific tips on how to shape your booty, (laughs) how to get the whatever frame you're looking for, you know. Mm -hmm. I try to keep the balance of showing yourself, but without focusing on your physical you. I'm not not proud of my body. That's not the reason why I'm not showing my body. The reasons for training and taking care of yourself is supposed to be the focus. We spend so much time crying over things that we don't have. Like, I also have a tons of things that if I could dream, I would change, you know, but... Mm -hmm. I can't, you know, this is the body that I have and you have yours and you have your hair and I have mine and, Mm -hmm. you know, I wish I had your eyes, but I don't. (laughs) What am I going to do? Like cry over it and be sad the rest of my life? No, try and flip it around and be at least grateful, I guess. Oh, it sounds such a cliche when you say it, but it is true though to be grateful for what you do have and like forget a little bit what you don't have or at least like not focus on it because you're not going to get anywhere. You're just going to be sad about it. Like, yeah, I spent too much time doing that too. Being in that industry, being picked apart and looked at just for such a the physical side, you are very humble, knowledgeable, and you always want to help others and inspire. Well, I'm interested in like the moments of clarity that you've had. And you just talked about one with Mm -hmm. the fitness Mm -hmm. and that losing your mom and seeing that that was a wake up call Mm -hmm. for anyone that maybe doesn't have clarity. You have so many interests, so many hobbies, so many many professions, Mm. skill sets. You don't need to choose one, right? Yeah, no. Yeah, that's actually a good point because supposedly Mm. you should focus on one and you should we need those labels on ourselves or we don't we don't need them but we think we need them or we feel better with Mm -hmm. them who are you are you the model are you the yogi are you the are you the writer are you the surfer i feel like i'm i don't i don't know Mm -hmm. in that terms i literally don't know who i am i don't know which label would fit damn it like i still wanted to do all those things like who's gonna tell me that i can't like i want to do it all whether it's for work or for for hobby or for just helping others to to feel good my main source of living is something completely different but I still want to have these things in my life I just realized that oh it's now or never to try and do the things that make you happy don't you want to spend your life being more happy than sad literally how childish but it's true though if you could choose like don't you (laughs) want to be more happy than sad and that's a little bit that made me just try it out and I hate failing I have to say like it, Mm. it actually takes a lot to say that ah, just try it ah, if it doesn't work what's you know what's the big deal because it kind of is a big deal to me I don't like to make a mistake lose whatever mm-hmm. but I realized that oh it would be even worse if I'm there and I'm 40 which I am now <laughs> or let's say 60 now then yeah it would be worse if I'm there and I'm 60 and I, you're like you have that oh my god if I only did that or that and that I would so be in another another perfect space right now it's never this case. Now I can like eliminate so many things off my list because Elizabeth, you tried this, you did that, you you went there. It led you to where you are today. That's my only goal. That I didn't want to be there in my future me and thinking, oh gosh, if I only tried to go down the modeling road, I would so be in a, like the perfect life right now but now I know oh well you did that and yep. here you are you know it's, I think that's my, my method like the elimination method go through the things you want to do try them out if it doesn't work awesome because then you know 
And if it works, that's awesome too. So it's like a win-win actually, no matter how you look at it. You're an action taker. That's what the difference is. There's a lot of people that talk about yeah. what they want, what they think they want, this future regret potentially, yeah. which maybe that is part of your motivation. Also, so yeah. it's like, can you talk about courage? You are fiercely independent. Can you talk about yeah. where that comes from? Like what? Yeah. I don't know. I never looked at myself as particularly courageous or anything, but I think it's more something that I, I was taught this at home that, well, you have to solve your, your own problems, right? So I always knew that there is a solution somewhere, even when you mess it up, when things doesn't go the right way, which has happened to me a lot. So there has been a lot of mess to clean up for sure. Then the only one who's, who has to pay for it all is me. And that's not a big deal. Like me, I can deal with that. It, I think it would be way worse if I had a, if you look at it, like you had a bigger responsibility. I, like if you imagine other people involved in the whole equation. Mm -hmm. I think when people say that you're so courageous uh, and they say to you too, and they say to everybody, I guess that maybe is in our, our situation is that the only thing that I think is hard for people is to change something and go into something you don't exactly know the outcome of. So it's just easier to stay where you are, you know, because at least then you know probably what's going to mm -hmm. be your future. And it, this, that safety, I think, must be something extremely strong in our instinct to make us, <laughs> most of us react like that. Mm -hmm. I think so. Can you talk about risk-taking? Where does that inner risk-taker come from in you? And if you were to talk to someone that is full of fear of what if, what would you tell them? Oh, gosh, that's a good question. Like, oh, Because I actually, ironically, I'm now, I'm not as impulsive as I might sound. Well, my father thinks I am, but I, I don't think I am because I do try to look at the potential alternatives of my actions to face your fear in those things like i don't know it would be to try and have your curiosity take over like don't you want to know though like i realize a lot of people also don't they just they don't say oh you're so courageous but they say you're so lucky to be where you are and i'm always like i don't see the luck in this at all actually because i just kind of we just chose Yep. things that took us here you know so you can do it anybody could do it you know all my friends could do this it's not something like you need it's not brain science you know but it's just a series of, of choices well if it doesn't go the way you plan like you said what if that happened to me a lot you know oh my god so many things have started that this is not going well I, I i'm not even comfortable it's not how i imagined but i think i just started flipping it around and well that's good too because then you know that this is not in your nature or it's not something that you at the end liked or were comfortable doing so many ideas i had i want to be a photographer i want to be this i want to be that and okay i do it i go there and i try it that's maybe the difference and then i realize by doing it or by chasing it that Maybe actually now that I see what it is about, maybe it's not the thing that I'm going to do forever or not, you know? So mm -hmm. if it's this unsolved mystery in your life, you, you have to get it out somehow or you're going to flip out when you're 60. <laughs> I'm pretty Wait. sure. You don't want to have that tragic uh, life crisis when you're midlife, which is now 60. <laughs> For sure exactly. Not. Um, you know, be all um, bitter about the mm -hmm. things you didn't do. It's so true. And so many things you've said, and I resonate with because when people say, and I say it to people that have 
full-time jobs with three kids yeah. and are running a business and a household and a partner and exercise and like, how do you do it all? Mm. Or looking at things, oh, you're so lucky you're in this position. It's a series of choices. So what do you feel like is like the priority for you? Oh God, the priority now, like in my life, Oh, they're kind of simple uh, and they sound so hippie actually. But first of all, have freedom and health because who are we without health? Oh my God, the worst thing, you know, no money can fix that or can make it better. And love. Yeah. To have love, to give love, to feel love, to lead with love. Oh, I sound such a hippie and I'm not like, I'm not typical, but it is, but it's pretty simple though. It's cheap. It's for free. Anyone can have it. At least in our part of the world, the freedom Mm -hmm. part and the, and love we can all give and receive. I think it is actually as simple as that now. I literally realized I am living with everything that I need. And hey, I'm single. I don't have, I'm not, you know, so it's Mm -hmm. not like, oh, she has everything sorted. She has the beautiful husband and the 2.5. No, I don't. (laughs) You hear that, folks? I'm a dog. (laughs) Single. Yeah, Yeah. well, okay, great segue because how has love affected your path? Clearly, it detoured an incredible way your early years. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't be sitting here if it wasn't for Jose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tell us a little bit about how love has affected your life and also now if, if things have shifted for you and yeah, yeah. what you want. Oh, gosh. I think it's actually, I guess at the end of the day, I am that romantic that not in the term that, oh, you need to give me roses and open the bottle. Not that at all, because that makes me almost uncomfortable. But in my uh, in my thoughts about love, they have probably been a bit juvenile, you know, like uh, innocent. Mm. You, you read it in the books, you know, it's like the perfect ending. The to, Fairy to, tale. Yeah, yeah, to, to fight for, for love and to go chase it and all those mm-hmm. things. So I've been that person. My God, like Jose is the perfect example. When I have been in love, I give what I have for that and I'll go to the other side of the world. I'll totally give it a go, you know? Literally. You yeah, go yeah. To the other I side will go to the other side. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've done that too many times. But yeah, it's true. <laughs> but <laughs> I will I would do that and I, I have done that. That has definitely also got me in these uh, situations in life. Like, yeah, look at the freaking uh, Jose. He got me to start surfing. I went back to the other side of the world not having any promises from him at mm-hmm. all. But that was the romantic idea idea like no there is this person on the other side of the world it's totally worth I have to figure it out what is this and I think I've I've always believed in that idea that there's this fairy tale story but maybe love is a bigger context than just you and the man you know Mm. there because now I'm not in a relationship but I don't feel like anything is missing exactly I think it's all summed up in um that love is a bigger term like I have tried to lead my life a little bit more with love to everyone to you to my family to my animals to my friends to nature oh again I sound so hippie (laughs) no but it's literally but it is kind of true and this this is is great this is because I bumped into a guy that that not romantically it was a random dude in Costa Rica that was such a philosopher and he just like 
arrested me on all my love concepts, my ideas uh, around love. And he was like, oh, this is so, this is like a teenager talking. Did you have such a romantic idea about mm-hmm. love? And I was like, what do you mean? I'm not romantic at all. And he's like, you're not hearing yourself. You are, you know? And he's, he just challenged me on all my ideas. And I realized this guy is right. Like, I'm not even close to living with giving love and uh, in the bigger term, you know. I'm I was always expecting a lot in return, but this last year, because I met this guy last year and he put my head a little bit straighter, I've been trying to uh, just give love in as best as I can. It's not easy to just give and not expect in return, but in general, you know, try and put your ego a little bit out of the context and uh, see where it takes you, you know. And also, I realized that all the relationships, the stories that I have accumulated, <laughs> they are <laughs> some good ones. Yeah, sure. some good ones, some epic ones. But uh, <laughs> they are all part of uh, my history, and I like it. Like I learn so much every time. I don't think that I believe that hype anymore. That there must be this one person in your life that you're looking for. On the planet, mm-hmm. and then you just somehow have to find this person. Right. This I don't yeah. feel anymore. Like I don't believe there are so many humans mm-hmm. that give you love, and you can give love back. Of course, I want to wake up with the perfect man, and it's mm-hmm. when when these things are happening, it's magic, and I love it, and I believe a little bit the hype, you know, that whole excitement. Mm-hmm. But let's see, maybe there is a a person out there that where we can coexist a lifetime and of love and whatnot. Maybe not. Either way, I'm like I'm literally I'm all good now. I feel, and that's a recent feeling. That's very recent, yeah. And it sounds like, and knowing a bit of of your story in the recent year, Uh year and a half, that let's just say you don't hold back. And like you just said, in career-wise, you want to learn this or you have a hobby you want to explore, Uh you do it. If there's someone that you feel is there's a connection, you will go for it. And I think you don't know until you try. I mean, I guess that kind of is is a way, is a bit of your life motto, sounds like. Yeah. The only thing I haven't really figured out though is like, you know, the dynamics between men and women or women and women, men and men, whatever it is, but the love connection thing, there must be a whole nother element of the chase or the not knowing, or you you can't just go for it because that kind of, you're you're like, in Norway we say you shoot yourself in the foot because then all of a sudden you're too available and that doesn't attract, you know, it's like a whole nother game that I don't, mm. understand. Like, I don't know. Yeah. So I don't know if that's a good advice. It hasn't resulted in terms of that traditional idea that I'm married and have two kids now. No, but I'm learning. I'm. Tr- it's, it's this whole game that I, I, unfortunately, it's part of the human race, I think. If you go for it, maybe that scares people. The same as when people go for it and I'm the one, then I get scared also. So it's almost like, what is it about that? Half rejection that we move towards move towards my goodness I heard it somewhere it was like there's something in that the chase and that dynamic yeah. that feels really natural and yeah. end up looking at it a little bit as a game oh no I was too available or no I can't call him for another few days or mm, what yeah. is all this oh my god you know I know but it's I, changed I think it's changed we didn't grow up with technology uh, the apps and everything I feel like I fell into a relationship there was never a conversation one day to the next you were together but now Maybe, but I don't know if it's getting older as well. It's different. Yeah. You know, things are more serious in a way. If you date someone at this age, it potentially is like, is this your life partner? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rather than a little, 
Yeah. Early 20s, you're like, oh, I've got time. Yeah. Oh, God, that's so true, though. That could freak me so, out a little that I feel like now when you have to take a stand on the whole relationship status thing, it freaks me out maybe more because exactly like you said, you're really like, oh, my God, am I making a decision on, for my life now? Yeah. It feels way bit. bigger. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to ask one of my favorite questions. Not that juicy, but <laughs> bring it. So, what scares the shit out of you oh. and excites you at the same time? Oh, well, surf does that, love does that, my future plans also does that, uh, and or the lack of future plans does that, <laughs> <laughs> traveling does that. Oh, mm-hmm. wow, there's a bunch of things actually. What will you answer when you get that question? Oh, my goodness. Well, I think a lot of yeah. things you just said, honestly, yeah. because I find that when yeah. it's that balance of the two. I feel more alive. Being too comfortable is a bit too comfortable. And I, like you, consistently, subconsciously, maybe get out of my comfort zone. And traveling is 100% like did that and does that for me. And and also not knowing a plan, like not having a path necessarily. I can kind of see, but it it takes a lot of twists and turns that I did not expect. So but I love, yeah. there's something that's comforting in that. Yeah, yeah. If I have it mapped out and, and I've had it in the past where I thought, this is it, this is the yeah. relationship, the job, I've got the house. It, it felt a bit like, what, is this everything? Is yeah, this like, it? No, but, but I'm addicted to change as well. Yeah. Again, again, the not knowing I do like, yeah. because it feels like there's this whole future that's unknown and we don't know what's yeah. going to happen in the next minute but yeah. I find that doing those things that are exciting but also scary it's like yeah. public speaking for me scares the shit oh out God, of me yeah. doesn't excite me it actually yeah. I'm afraid but I'm trying to do more things like that wow. yeah because you know. it's so gratifying after though yeah, yeah that is true it's very euphoric after when you face those challenges or fears so I think in those are those things you kind of have to go for yeah it's like it threw me off a little bit when you said like fear because that whole concept. I, um, this is also something that my family says. Oh, you 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 have a big problem because you don't have any fear. But I guess that is a little bit true that I don't feel a lot of fear like in my body, like physical. You know, mm. I feel it. I feel it when I surf, and I feel it uh, mm-hmm. with, in, with these things. Like literally, you're doing something that could be a bit dangerous. Yes, I mm-hmm. feel it. and I get can get nervous also if I have to do public speeches. I think that's a great example. Maybe in other aspects, it's not, I'm not like that typical fearful, I guess, because I think I I also spend a lot of time thinking, actually surf is a great tool to help you deal with fear because you realize it gets you nowhere, actually. I was really scared of the ocean. That was a fear, a scare. Like I felt it, you know, I was not comfortable. I did not Mm. like to be in the ocean, but I wanted to surf and I wanted to also get over that. And literally surf shows you that fear, panic state gets you nowhere. Like that is the worst. You drown. Yeah, you drown. Yeah, exactly. Maybe I was a little, yeah, more worried before, like anxious, worried. Oh my God, am I going to make a mistake? Making a mistake Mm -hmm. would make me very anxious because I don't like that feeling at all. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you're just really good at a lot of things. No, I'm not even. That's actually even worse. I'm not (laughs) even, but I just like do it anyway. I think you have to separate if you're doing it for your pleasure or if you're doing it to show people that you're good at something mm-hmm. which is sad gratifying and satisfying in a way too 
I'm not really awesome at anything that I think that I'm doing at the moment. I'm, uh, you know, I'm doing my best, but I'm, I'm never really reached awesome level, I think. This is what's also driving you is a bit of perfectionism. You, you're the worst critic. And because from the outside looking in, which is me right now, yeah. you're awesome at a lot of things. Oh, it's But it's your level of what does awesome mean? If you're comparing yeah. it to that's an Olympic that's, Yeah, yeah, whatever. Or, yeah, they're actually, that's happening now. So that's, that could be good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's always going to be someone better. Yeah. Not always in yeah. some things, but I think... I think it's what drives you forward yeah sounds like it's just you're never yeah when I was uh this is actually also very recent because I didn't like to do things before if I wasn't good at it like that was a huge motivator to be like you have to be good at it mm. if not I wouldn't go public mm -hmm. and it's still a struggle like nowadays when you can publish what you do everything it's like ah, oh, even harder you know it has to be good or does it really have to be that good you know I actually find it kind of courageous when people are sharing things and you can kind of obviously see okay this is not a professional gig or this is not a professional dancer or whatever it is but they're sharing it still and they're enjoying it and that is already way more courageous in my mind than mm. I don't share too much because I yeah I, I find that hard actually yeah the critic that's the interesting critics, Yeah, that could make me nervous. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe I, you, we are our own biggest critics, of course. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, like, fuck it, the perfectionism and all that, and just like roll with the mm -hmm. things you love to do. I'm trying to do more of that without caring about mm -hmm. if it's perfect or not. But. So I do look at people, like you just said, who are putting themselves out there, and that is to me the ultimate courage. Yeah, yeah I Because, agree. yeah, not caring what people think, or at least with the, on the other side is they're confident. Yeah, yeah you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think in your case, specifically, you have confidence in a lot of areas. Part of it is confidence is yeah, because I, through I, doing. Yeah, I think um, it's kind of interesting because confidence and your self-image, I guess, they're not necessarily that connected. Like, I feel like confidence is a lot more like you just said now, I, or I can do this or I can't really do it. Necessarily connect my self-worth with whether I can or cannot do something. But when I was younger, probably I did more of that. You know, like mm -hmm. if you can't do something, you should be worthless also. Kind of your, your self-worth goes down. And if you can do something, your self-worth mm, yeah. goes up. You're like literally worth more as a person. How stupid is this? But I'm trying to analyze myself also from the outside now. But and think, where do you think that came from though? That level mm, of value, putting your self-worth in something. Was Were you told that? Maybe it's a little bit ourselves or maybe it's uh, our, our where we the cultures we live in maybe it's a little bit from family like of course a lot of it's very easy maybe also to judge people and put value on people based on what they are or not are not good at none of these things should be connected directly to your your self-image and your self-worth I think so if you can kind of disconnect those two Maybe it will be easier then to get the courage to do things even though they're not perfect because at the end of the day, it shouldn't affect your, your worth as a human. <laughs> like Even though we are massively judging each other now over so many platforms that it's, it's another level of difficulty now, but it's a lot of noise out there and there's a lot of imperfections. So yeah. yeah. That's a new trend is showing your, our imperfections. Oh. It's always an incredibly attractive people. Like I want people to be able to find you mm -hmm. and find your website because it has a lot of valuable 
articles and fitness and health. And, and again, I think you have a really great way of telling stories and also making things really relatable. Oh, that's so nice. People. Oh, I like it. Oh, it's sort of, it's yeah. the truth. Very low key. Like, oh. If you could tell people how to find you on Instagram and on your website. Yeah, it's actually my name. It's Elizabeth Kili. So my name, Elizabeth, is spelled uh, like uh, the American way, I guess, with a Z. And Kili is my last name. K-I-L-L-I. So Elizabeth Kili together. My my Instagram, my webpage, the whatever is on Twitter and whatnot. I'm not really are you on Twitter? Twitter. Well, I have an account there. I think it leads its own life somehow through Instagram. I don't even know what's going on there. To wrap it up, the path that you're on now, you're doing all these things. It's two yeah, things that is like I'm trying to get uh, up and running now. And uh, one is uh, actually my all-time dream, I guess, of having a tiny farm by the ocean with my horses and animals and maybe one day you know you share it with someone or whatever (laughs) and of course i'm i want to try and keep it as eco-friendly and functional as possible it's very hard to be you know zero waste and all that but the idea is at least that it's kind of self-sufficient and then i have another project which is actually about uh it's a tiny let's say clothing line like i don't want to get into the whole producing even more clothes where we don't really need them i'm not a huge like fashion Mm -hmm. uh, person i my my closet is very limited and i love my clothes that i have them for so many years if they're like you can't even imagine I have dresses that I bought when I was 16 and stuff. And they're still even like, I don't have the heart to throw them out. But it's a selected few, you know, and, and they're still with me. So, but I, th- this idea comes from um, actually surf because I was missing. I always wear a dress when I go surf mm-hmm. because I realized it's just a very functional um, piece of fabric that you can wear as a clothes uh, as actually you can wear on the beach or wear to a work meeting or to mm-hmm. a cocktail party or whatever you're going to a fancy thing after but you can also wear it to the surf and you get into your wetsuit or you know change your bikini very easily and from there emerged this idea about creating uh, some beach wear which has like multifunctions that is also made out of recycled material and also natural material so let's see i will try well, yeah I pro, I'm a terrible like businesswoman. Like it's luck that I'm even like that. There's money in my bank account sometimes. <laughs> Trying things I'm not good at, which is like should be my slogan or something. <laughs> it should be your slogan too. It should be everybody's slogan. <laughs> uh, multi-passionate. Yeah. I love that term. Yeah. I heard that recently. I was like, yeah, I, I'm multi-passionate because yeah. again, choosing one, I just yeah. I don't want to. Yeah, and I think what is better than having one passion is having more. I mean, at least passion is like one of the most important things to have. If you mm-hmm. don't have that, now that's sad. That True. will be sad. Yeah. So you should like nurture them all or if it's one or if it's five. I love people with passion for whatever it is. That fire in people, yeah, that's so inspiring. So if I can support people to go and support their passions, then passion makes the world go around. Yay! Yay! <laughs> that's a great ending. <laughs> oh, yeah. Passion makes the world go around. <laughs> In multiple ways. Yeah. That, is, ooh, that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that will be another, another That's discussion. That's the next one, yeah. <laughs>
Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you so and sharing much for having me. Your stories and insights Just and inspiring for, all of us. For asking all the right questions. The goddess yes, of no. Eddie Serra. Oh God, I'm gonna sleep so happy tonight. Thank you so much. Uh, until we speak again, which will be very soon. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. As always, my mission is to help light the fire under your ass to go out there and carve your own path. I truly believe you owe it to yourself to be courageous and unapologetic about what you really want. So I want you to subscribe where you listen to your podcasts. And if you like what you hear and want help finding clarity in your own life, I'm also available for private coaching and would absolutely love to hear from you. So send me a message on Instagram at carveyourown.path. And if you want to share your story or know someone you think would make a good fit, let me know. Cheers to carving your own fucking path, ladies.